Hi, this is Pastor Tamara Kraft from Revival Fire for Kids with an Ignite Kidman podcast. If you want your students to experience revival and the glory of God and become radical followers of Jesus, this is the podcast for you. Join us today as we start the journey, and I'll let you in on my story and experiences in Kidman. Hold on tight. You never know what the Holy Spirit is planning. Hi, this is Tamara Craft. For the next few weeks, I'm going to share excerpts of a podcast I interview I did with my publishing company about my curriculum, Building Pentecostal Foundations. Today, I'm going to be talking about power tools. If you would like to get 20% off this curriculum, you may do so until the end of the year using the code POWER, P-O-W-E-R, in all caps. I'm Michelle Levine, Managing Editor. And I'm Tamara Lynn Craft, Managing Editor. Welcome back to Books on the Ridge, where we're discussing children's church curriculum. Today, the final fourth episode, we're discussing power tools with author Tamara Lynn Craft. Welcome back. Thanks. Nice to be back. It's, it's weird to be the one on the other end of the interviewee, yeah. <laughs> the other end of the microphone, maybe. <laughs> okay, let's get down to business. I'm sure that our, our readers, our listeners from last week were wondering what in the world power tools has to do with children's church curriculum. So why don't we dive right in and you tell us what power tools mean. Power tools means the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that we have through the Holy Spirit and the tools we have in our Christian life. Now, where my other curriculums could be used by non-Pentecostal evangelical churches also because of the doctrinal foundations that are in it, this is pretty Pentecostal curriculum, (laughs) which is great because so many Pentecostal churches try to use other publishing houses curriculum and even denominational Pentecostal uh, publishing houses try to use other people's curriculum and just try to rewrite them a little bit or whatever. And they aren't really Pentecostal curriculum. And there has to be curriculum for Pentecostal churches as well. So, so is there like a warning label on, on the cover or something or on the webpage saying, warning, warning, if you're not Pentecostal, stay away? No, <laughs> but I have a feeling if they read the uh, introduction or blurb of it, they will know whether this curriculum is for them or not. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> we we don't we don't want to terrify or or, or um, give our, our readers a nasty surprise. <laughs> and you know, Michelle is not Pentecostal. I am. I I just want to give that disclaimer for our listeners. I don't have a problem if you're not Pentecostal but I don't apologize for being Pentecostal either. You just might feel (laughs) a little sorry for us. (laughs) Maybe a little. (laughs) 
that's the important thing about Mount Zion Ridge Press is we we focus on the important stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So tell us more about power tools. Well, I this is a three-part curriculum again, where you could get one part or you could get it in its entirety. And the three parts of power tools basically will explain what it's about. First one is prayer power. And it doesn't just talk about praying. It talks about intercessory prayer and, and, you know, different ways to pray, that kind of thing. Second one is worship power. That's an important thing in, in my life. I mean, I believe in exuberant worship and I believe we were created to worship God. So worship is extremely important. And then the third one, Holy Spirit power and the Holy Spirit power. Like I said, it's a Pentecostal church, uh, teaching and it includes baptism of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit, healing and other things concerning the Holy Spirit even though you've given a disclaimer, a warning label uh, that's Pentecostal teaching, would it still work in a non-Pentecostal church? Or are there things that the teacher would have to take out that would kind of neutralize the rest of the lessons? Well, that depends. Um, I know that's a, a terrible answer. but yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With, with prayer power and worship power, as long as they are open to being charismatic, to exuberant worship, to intercessory prayer, I think they'd be fine with it. I don't, uh, if they are not open to exuberant worship, if you are the kind of church and you want to stay the kind of church that nobody dares raise their hand during worship, this might not be the curriculum for you. But otherwise, I think it'd be all right for more churches that lean toward the charismatic side, even if they are not Pentecostal. Holy Spirit power, that is a Pentecostal curriculum. That is all based on the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit, including the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, I'd say if you're not Pentecostal, this is not the curriculum for you. But if, or if at least not open to being Pentecostal, because you might become Pentecostal after you do this curriculum. <laughs> like maybe there should be an infection warning. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but if you are open to it or you are Pentecostal, this will be a breath of fresh air because there are so few curriculums that teach this. And yet it is a fundamental part of Pentecostal denominations, which is why they're called Pentecostal. <laughs> yes. So I know you've, in previous podcasts, you've talked about how one size fits all curriculum isn't a good thing. So do you want to expand on that? Why it's important to have children's church curriculum that fits the belief system of the denomination, as opposed to being so bland that you can't tell anybody apart. Absolutely. If you have a curriculum, and like I said, the big five try to publish this kind of curriculum that one size fits all, you will be careful not to offend anybody. You may not talk about truths in the Bible that are that are important, because not every denomination believes they are important. 
for instance, you might not have that the Bible is the word of God and is the truth and that relativism is not true because other churches might not believe that. Or you might not want anything about water baptism when you are saved because other churches might sprinkle their babies, you know, (laughs) and not that I have, I'm not condemning churches for doing things differently. What I'm saying is if we believe that children should be baptized after they get saved, then we should be teaching it. We shouldn't shy away from it because it is part of our denominational beliefs and our foundation of faith. Other things, communion. Some people believe different things about communion, and we need curriculum that reflects those different beliefs about communion. Even the end times, like I believe in teaching children about heaven and hell and the rapture and end times and all this stuff. And I know that that is something that is completely avoided in other curriculums because they want something that doesn't offend anybody. But just a word of warning, at some point, I'm planning a curriculum called Beginnings and Endings (laughs) that will Uh cover that. (laughs) That sounds like it's going to be fun. (laughs) Yes. And I know Pentecostal churches even more than most churches, even more than most evangelical churches have a difficult time finding curriculum that teaches the Pentecostal distinctives that we believe in so strongly. So it is important for the children to know what the church believes and, and not have the gospel watered down. I had a pastor once who said, you should always read for every modern theology book you read you should read three dead guys because (laughs) basically modern theology is watered down for one size fits all. They don't want to offend anybody. And so they won't go deep if they won't want to offend anybody. And uh, the dead guys didn't care about offending people. So they went, Jesus offended everybody. Yes, he did. Yes. I want to be like Jesus. Yes. Tell you that's a offend is a trick a trigger word for me. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a a classmate in grad school. She used that as her club to get her way constantly. That offends me. Uh, you know, and <laughs> I could say so much about that. <laughs> yes, maybe you should have a curriculum on being an offensive Christian. Ooh, that sounds wonderful. I'd love that. You're giving me ideas. Good. (laughs) Which means you'll probably never write fiction again because you'll be so busy with curriculum. Right. Uh, Well, we'll see. (laughs) But in any case, I I believe that we need to not be afraid. Yes. Whatever our denominational beliefs, we need to be not afraid to go deep. We need to be willing to teach our children the truth. Absolutely. So that's what Power Tools does. It goes, (laughs) it has lots of power in it. (laughs) Giving them their tool belts and then hanging all the important pieces on the tool belt. Even the cover might offend people. 
if you go to the cover, you might be offended. Oh, yeah. It's got a little girl with a big power tool in her hands, doesn't it? A big drill that she's carrying like a rifle (laughs) with the fire dove in the background. (laughs) Uh That ought to be a warning for people. Yeah, I, I don't think this is a curriculum that people will accidentally buy and not know what they're getting. Which is good. Yes. The other curriculums, like I said, if you're in an evangelical church, I do believe that you could use the other curriculums easily. But this one is more for Pentecostal churches or charismatic, at least. Yeah. So on that particular topic with these, these services and teaching the kids the core beliefs and the Pentecostal um, what did you call them? Pentecostal principles? Um, Pentecostal distinctives. Pentecostal distinctives. Do you have children being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Or is this something that's more relevant, uh, prevalent for older, older minds? Actually, yes. And my children were baptized in the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues as children. My son was 11. My daughter was nine. Yet I've seen children who were much younger be baptized in the Holy Spirit, as young as six or seven. There's no age limit on anything as far as having to do with Christianity. And that includes this. There's nothing that at the Bible that says you can't use this part until you're older. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've had a number of children baptized. I was at one children's revival. This was the most amazing thing. This Baptist boy, he started coming to the children's revival. He did not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues until he started speaking in tongues. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of hard to say you you don't believe in it if it happens to you. (laughs) Yeah. And then another one, I was I was in a Pentecostal church. I was, you know, preaching and everything about it. And uh the children were all worshiping in the front. And this boy was just worshiping in English or singing in English, singing praise God in English. I felt led to tell him, stop singing in English. I The way he was worshiping, I assumed he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He starts singing in tongues, just fluently singing in tongues, just amazing, beautiful. And all the adults started shouting. And and the boy was only like eight years old. And I said, what's going on? And they said, he has been praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for weeks. And he received it singing in tongues, not speaking <laughs> and God like, works differently with everybody I've never seen that before I was amazed but hey whatever God wants to do that's cool <laughs> that is great yeah so I might be scaring some of our normal listeners to this podcast but <laughs> you might have people say uh no we're not going to invite her to teach children's crusades or you're going to have a lot more people inviting you. Yeah. So you are you are still available for children's revival and kids crusades, despite the stupidity of COVID and, and all the, the scaring and 
lockdowns that keep rippling across our country. So why don't you tell us about that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I am in full swing. Anyone who invites me to do a children's revival, Kids Crusade or VBS, I am more than happy to go there and do it. Uh, usually people use do five days or three days. Occasionally people do one day outreaches. But let me tell you a little bit about the difference between Children's Revivals, Kids Crusades, and VBS. Children's Revival is if you want your children to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you want the move of the Holy Spirit in these Children's Revivals, that's what you want. If you're not Pentecostal, but you want the children to have a stronger relationship with Jesus Christ, and you want them to get saved, and you want them to have a, a radical relationship with Jesus Christ and really go deep into the things of God, but you don't want all the Pentecostal distinctives, <laughs> you can have me for a kid's crusade, and I will respect the house I'm in. I will not teach that. But I do warn you, your kids will be changed, even though they're not speaking in tongues and rolling on the floor. <laughs> uh -huh. That reminds me of uh, what we call the, um, the church nursery verse. Uh -huh. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> VBS is more outreach. If you want to reach the unsafe kids in your neighborhood and your, your community, we do a VBS that is more of a uh, crusade setting where we don't break into different rooms. We do the whole thing. And then if you want to teach craft afterwards or whatever you can, or have a snack, but we do the rest of it. And so it's, it's fun for kids, for churches that want to do an outreach, a VBS outreach, but they're don't have enough workers to do all of it. And they just want to bring someone else inside their church to do that for them. So all of these things, uh, we are available for all of these things. And we will be more than willing to come to your church. And we do require that you pay our travel expense because it can get pricey with gas prices. And <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we do have a suggested honorarium and it's uh, it's an honorarium based on really how much it costs for us to operate the ministry. But if you can't afford that, if you're a smaller church and you want somebody to come out, but you really can't afford an expensive children's evangelist, pay $3,000 for them to come out, which a lot of children's evangelists, that's what you'll pay. Can't afford that. We are a ministry. And we have determined a while back that as long as you pay our travel expenses, we will still come. That is great. Yeah. It's so, necessary. Yep. And you can find out about all of that at www.revivalfireforkids.com. And that is the number four. I think if you use the word for, it'll still work, but it might not. <laughs> you haven't checked recently. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> okay. Anything you want to add? Oh, I think that basically I want to add that don't be afraid to go deeper with your students. I mean, 
the truth is children can learn an awful lot at school. They can really advance in school in different areas. Why aren't we expecting them to advance in the things of God? Absolutely. They, they can do that. And uh, we will have more curriculum in the future. Some of it very Pentecostal, some of it most evangelical churches could use. And uh, we, we intend, like I said, beginnings and endings, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about Genesis and we will talk about Revelation. <laughs> I know a lot of people who will be interested in, in hearing that, even if it's kids curriculum. Yeah, a lot of adults will get a lot out of it too. Right. And then there will be spiritual warfare curriculum where we will not only talk about the spiritual armor, (laughs) but we will talk about submitting to God and resisting the devil and how to do that and the power we have in the name of Jesus and the battlefield of the mind and different things like that. Obviously, I'm already working on that. There's Take notes. There's a curriculum that I've started, uh, never finished. I have like four lessons written on it that I will do eventually called follow me and follow me. The, the first five lessons is on, uh, we are the branches. He is the vine John chapter 14. And, uh, it, it's kind of gimmicky because I use uh, Facebook and Twitter and, you know, Ooh. follow me <laughs> as the theme, but it's following Jesus. Uh-huh. Going Great. To Jesus. So, so that's another curriculum I have planned. So by the time I'm done, there should be three years of curriculum so that children going through children's church will know everything that they're supposed to know before they graduate. And they've gone through it at least twice. Absolutely vital. Yes, I agree. Okay. Well, I think that wraps it up. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we hope we've intrigued you and tempted you. And you'll come to our website, Mount, that's M-T, ZionRidgePress.com. We've got an awful lot to offer you. If you enjoyed this Ignite Kidman podcast, subscribe and click the bell or notification button. If you would like more resources and curriculum for your children's ministry or would like to schedule an event, check out RevivalFireForKids.com. Consider becoming a patron and receive monthly Zoom calls, online support, and children's ministry resources at revivalfireforkids.com slash ignite. Until next time.